MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the program. It is Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Your other host on the East Coast out there in Boston. Hope everything's okay. Josh Applebaum, welcome back to the program. How are you? Rich, I'm doing great. Yeah, everything's good over here. It was kind of okay. a little bit overblown. I mean, there's was a lot it? of uh, issues with the hurricane. And Pritch, I still don't know if it's Hurricane Henry or Hurricane Henri. I've heard both. I, mean, <laughs> I can't get I can't get a straight answer from anybody here. Right. But a lot of rain, a lot of wind. Uh, but everything's good over here, Pritch. So big day. I'm excited to break down a lot of these NFL uh, preseason games with you. Big one tonight. We have movement here on some of these quarterback competition battles. Only seven games in MLB, but a few sharp plays I wanted to uh, talk to you about. And, of course, uh, Ben Fox, our buddy. Uh, we'll, we'll be joining the show. There's a lot going on with legalized sports betting. Uh, so, Pritch, how, how are you doing? Big Monday. You excited? Big Monday. Uh, big weekend, too. I went out to L.A. to take in SoFi Stadium, the Raiders and the Rams, that Ooh. preseason game, uh, trying to get some intel, too, which I did, Josh. I'm happy to, do, to deliver that on the program for sure. But um, SoFi, very impressive out there with that stadium. I was going to say, yeah, what was it like, Pritch? You know, I've seen from the air, obviously, <laughs> yeah. kind of a weird, like, the way it's it's formed is, is kind of cool and, like, the direct sunlight in there. But, of course, Pritch, I was sweating the under in that one, so I'm happy. But tell me tell me about the vibe. What was the stadium like? The was vi- it worth, uh, what was it, $5 billion to make that thing? Uh, something like that. We call it uh, Cronky World uh, because of uh, Cronky and, and the dollars that it took for that place, though. Uh, but I like what they did with the area. I mean, if anybody's familiar with um, the Forum, Inglewood, that whole area, the grounds, uh, they did a nice job with that stadium. Uh, state of the art everywhere, Josh. Hard to navigate through, uh, so make sure you get there early if you're going to go take in a game uh, out there in SoFi. But every site, I mean, there's not a bad seat in the house. Um, and like I said, I mean, it was just beauty. Uh, that's how I um, categorize it. But considering what I was comparing my uh, career to, and I, I, I was asked that question, you know, what was this like in your day? You know, did you have anything like this? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm one, I'm old again, my day, here we go. Uh, and then the other thing was like, well, we opened the Georgia Dome. Uh, that was a highlight, but they've torn that thing down now, and they have the Mercedes uh, Stadium out there in Atlanta now. Yeah, all these new stadiums are unbelievable what they're doing here. And Pritch, I want to ask you too, what about the video board? I've been hearing a lot about how Spectacular video board there wraps around. Was that was that pretty nice? Did you see yourself watching the game or looking up at the at the screen? Everybody was was looking up at the screen. Um, Even the coaches. You know, you're trying to get a sense of where you are in the field, or if they're going to replay a play or review a play. And uh, every coach, everybody was looking up at that screen. It's impressive, Josh. That whole stadium, uh, mighty impressive. I'll see what we'll see what type of home field advantage the Rams could have because there were more Raider fans there uh, than the Rams fans. And then certainly yesterday, uh, we'll go over that in a second with the 49ers and the Chargers. I don't know how many Charger fans were at that game at the stadium. Yeah, you're totally right, Pritch. And I think, you know, one thing that uh, we got a lot of catching up to do because you and I uh, haven't talked since Friday, but, uh, you know, a couple things that caught my eye, you know, number one, 
uh, the unders roared back a little bit last night. Right. So what was intriguing is, you know, Pritch, you and I have been doing shows. It was death taxes and unders in the preseason. At one point, they were like 18-3, and three, I believe, some, somewhere around there, 85%. Saturday was kind of weird. You had a 5-5 five and five day. Early on, you had a lot of overs cash. I think the early games were like, Five and one to the over. Uh, then you saw it go the other way, uh, four and one to the under. Really, last night kind of got back to that sweet spot with totals because we saw unders uh, cash two and oh. So mm-hmm. that Giants Cleveland under, to me, that was kind of a blueprint under. Not only just leaning on unders in general right now, and now they're 24 and eight, 75% here, but also some unders with some movement. You know, and anytime I see uh, a total that falls, typically it's respected money because, again, public has this bias toward wanting to bet overs, wanting to see high scoring games. So that thing got home, the Giants in Cleveland, 37 down to 35. San Fran in LA, same sort of thing here, Pritch. I was, I was feeling good. Uh, and then I, I watched an episode of Succession, one of my new favorite shows here on HBO. I turned back at halftime. They scored a bunch of points second quarter. Luckily, it didn't matter too much there. I uh, ended up getting that one home as well. So uh, we'll have to break down this big game tonight coming up with Jacksonville and New Orleans. But again, 5-5 five and five Saturday, but still unders roar back yesterday. Again, 75% so far this preseason. That's been my biggest takeaway so far. Yeah, also a lock. The Ravens continue to dominate preseason. Uh, they're talking about Ravens and Vince Lombardi now, for Pete's sake. It's unbelievable. What is it, 18, 19 in a row <laughs> now, Prince? Like, yeah, tied to record, right? Yeah, but yeah the, they keep doing it. The difference, I mean, the Packers, they were all timers. I mean, they carried that over to the regular season, though. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. And the other thing, you know, takeaways, I'm just thinking back to everything from Saturday, information-based bets. This is mm-hmm. something you and I have been hammering a ton here. Ended up going 3-0 and this weekend. Right. The first one was... You know, uh, Bruce Arians saying that he's not going to play any of his guys. Right. So the Titans roll. Same thing with the Jets. No quarterbacks for Green Bay. Yep. So good to, good to be jumping on these numbers before they move. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host from Las Vegas. Your other host on the East Coast out there in Boston, Josh Applebaum. Uh, Josh, let's get to some headlines that could move some numbers. Uh, one in particular I want to get to is the optimism with the Colts now that Carson Wentz optimistic about playing in the Colts season opener versus the Seahawks. In addition to Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson, uh, optimistic about playing in that opener against the Seahawks. So uh, if you go to the Colts Twitter, I want you to go there if you have time during the show right now uh, on air. <laughs> do it. Do it. Uh, they, doing, have a, <laughs> they have a video at Colts on Twitter. They have a video of Wentz cutting. Uh, and, and it's actually pretty impressive that this guy recently had surgery on his foot. Uh, and he's running around in this mobile out there for the Colts. Yeah, you know, I noticed that too, Pritch. And again, this has kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde offseason here for the Colts. You know, start off really with some really uh, tons of optimism here. And, you know, Michael Lombardi mentioned uh, about how this roster, you know, 1-53 to is really deep and big fan of Frank Reich. And, you know, replacing, obviously, uh, Philip Rivers, who sounds like he doesn't need to come out of retirement anymore, Pritch. Uh, <laughs> seems like they should be okay here with Wentz. Uh, but just a ton of optimism. And then... Kind of the bad stuff happened. You get all these injuries, Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson. You had COVID with Frank Reich. So a lot of issues here where at one point, uh, and it's crazy how during the summer there are certain things that happen that people jump onto, like the question about uh, Aaron Rodgers. You saw a ton of bets on the Vikings to win that division. You know, the question mark here with the Colts, there was a lot of money coming in on the Titans over win total winning the division. But now you're getting some good news here for Indianapolis Colts, which is I think what if you're a Colts fan or a Colts better, what you really like to hear now because the early uh, pro- prognosis was 5 to 12 weeks, Pritch. It looks like it's going to be on that, that shorter end there around the five-week mark. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I looked at the video quick. He looks good. You know, Carson Wentz, he doesn't have like a huge taped-up ankle mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, he looks pretty fluid out there. So I automatically go to that week one number, and you're starting to see a lot of buyback here on the Colts. Now, this has been a very erratic line. This has been back and forth throughout the summer. You actually open 
Colts minus three against Russell Wilson. Uh, and you had a lot of early money, three down to two and a half, where it's coming towards Seattle. And I was like, okay, you know, Russell Wilson getting points. You know, what's great about Wilson uh, overall is, is he's really, really good ATS. If you look at his career, just anytime, um, you know, Russell Wilson uh, is getting points, he's like, I think he's like 65% ATS as a dog. So I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. The injuries happen. You see the Seattle hop defense become around a minus three favorite on the road. It's starting to come back now, Pritch. You're starting to see the Colts get back down to uh, only getting a point now, uh, you know, two points a point. I wonder if this thing may hop the fence, go back to Indy minus one. So uh, imagine if you had gotten like, you know, uh, Seattle plus two and a half plus three early, then you get a plus three or two and a half with the Colts. I mean, talk about a, an awesome, uh, you know, arbitrage mm -hmm. or middle opportunity there. My question to you, Pritch, is should we think about the division plus 180? I know we're kind of back and forth on this team, but a lot of love for the Titans. You know, I, I you can kind of check off and say, you know, the Texans, the Jags, they're not really going to have a shot here. Mm -hmm. The both uh, under win totals, six and a half Jags and four for uh, the Texans are actually taking in money. Uh, but my thing is, hey, plus 180, I think it might be down to plus 150 now. I, I think it's a two-team race there between Tennessee and, and the Colts. And, and Pritch, if you're getting plus money, a little plus 150, plus 180, shop around, get your best number. What do you think? Is this news good? And would you consider uh, maybe, a, maybe a plus money spot here to win the division with the Colts? It's a step in the right direction, if you ask me. I mean, I think Carson Wentz is still a high-risk player. Uh, I was more interested in the news about Quentin Nelson because uh, they had similar foot injuries. And Quentin Nelson as an offensive lineman, a little bit more weight, uh, a little bit more, actually a lot more impact on the offensive line uh, than Carson Wentz. I was, I was worried about that. Ursay talked about not rushing these players back until they're 100% healthy. But it was encouraging to see Carson Wentz out there cutting uh, off of that foot showing no effects of a recent surgery. Uh, but, you know, again, it's, that's different than playing in a game with pads and people coming at you and trying to hit you. So uh, a lot to be determined for Carson Wentz still uh, as we are weeks away from the opening uh, matchup against Seattle. But encouragement, though, a step in the right direction. I, I don't know if I'd jump all in that plus number right now because I still need some more info uh, on the situation where Carson Wentz. And, and got, that goes for that first game, too, I think, uh, Josh, even though right now uh, out here in Vegas, I guess you can catch the Colts for a plus two uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I think if you're getting a plus two, I, I consider this thing, you know, I bet you, Pritch, I'll make a bet with you between just a friendly okay. little wager here right. for some pizza money. Just between I us. Get to, <laughs> just between us. No one else is listening. But, uh, you know, what about a pick em? I think this thing might end up at a pick em. You know, sometimes when you're in betting, you see like a minus three one side flips minus three the other way, then it comes back. I wonder if the odds makers are just going to say, hey, coin flip right now, because mm. uh, at, at one point, if you hand out plus money or, or plus a couple points here, point and a half, any points with Russell Wilson, I think you're going to get that scooped up. But really, the fact that if you can get still get still a, a plus two out there, I think this thing is trending down to one. The way I'm okay. looking at it, I wouldn't be surprised if it even maybe goes back a little bit. And really, the, the conundrum here is, you know, there's two things at play. Number one uh, is early in the preseason or early, not only preseason, but uh, especially, you know, first month of the season, week one, two, and three specifically, dogs do very well. So when Russell Wilson was getting points, that was definitely appetizing his career ATS record getting points and dogs in general. Early season, I lean on a lot of these dogs, you know, uh, because they're optimistic, they're healthy. You you tend to see a lot of upsets week one that you can't predict. Remember just last year, wasn't it the Jags who beat the Colts? Right. They're joking like, hey, you guys are supposed to be tanking. You can't even tank right. Well, in the end, they get Wilson <laughs> just because the Jets can't tank right either. But my whole point there is dogs tend to do well but here's the X factor. If you look at non-conference matchups, they're very beneficial to favorites. So these teams are in two different conferences. You got the Colts in the AFC, Seattle in the NFC. When you see non-conference uh, non favorites, they tend to do well. They're, they're not huge. I think they're like 54%. 
but the lack of familiarity kind of benefits the quote-unquote better team. So two variables at play here. Rich, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time week one rolls around, it's a pick'em type game. It's yeah. kind of moving in that direction. Okay, yeah. Shop around right now at the South Point, plus two for the Colts, 48 and a half. Uh, still the total on that one on the heels of the Carson Wentz optimism out there with the Colts. What's going on with Cam Newton and the Patriots? Uh, here was a guy who was lobbying to be the starter, uh, Josh. Uh, he played well against the Eagles. So did Mac Jones for sure. But uh, now he's in a situation with COVID uh, where he's going to miss a number of days from a misunderstanding uh, when it comes to the facility, prohibited from the uh, Patriots facility uh, because of a COVID test misunderstanding. What's happening? Yeah, Pritch, this is really blowing up around New England here. And I was getting ready for the show and just, you know, listen to the talk radio once to get it. You know, I'm, I'm such a true New Englander. It's just me and Ben Affleck, Pritch. We get our, <laughs> we get our coffee at, at Dunkin' Donuts. We listen to Boston Sports Talk Radio. I mean, this is the life of a New Englander. It's great. But uh, this is what everyone's talking about. I think people are really disappointed in Cam Newton because, um, you know, again, he really is still the odds on favorite to be the week one starter. Um, I was looking at these numbers. They moved a tiny bit. I think just out of uh, logistics base, like if Cam is out for five days. I mean, the Patriots have joint practices here with the Giants that start this week. They're going to play the G-Men uh, for their last preseason game overall. Cam at one point was minus 350. He's down to minus 330. So the implied probability ticked down a little bit, like 78% down to 76%. Mac went from plus 250 down to plus 225. Uh, I, but I think if all things are equal, Belichick really wants to go with, with Cam Newton. Whatever it is, Pritch, the funny, the ironic and funny thing is, you know, when Tom Brady, the greatest player of all time, played for New England, Belichick wouldn't even give him a game ball. He was super hard on him. Mm -hmm. Cam, who's really never won anything for the Pats and has only been here for a year, not 20 years, he can do no wrong with Belichick. So whatever it is, uh, Belichick seems to really love Cam. I think he wants to stick with a veteran to start the year. And also kind of that allows you to slow roll Mac Jones a little bit get him some more time to get his body ready for the NFL and get more uh, more reps here. I think it may be a blessing in disguise that Cam's going to be out the next five days with this protocol. And Pritch, we, need to, we, we learned a new word today, cadence protocol. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that before, but um, I thought cadence was, uh, you know, Rita, Rita and, and, uh, and, and <laughs> Omaha there with, with Peyton Manning. But um, that's something we got to keep, keep an eye out for. But now Mac Jones is going to get all these first team reps, you know, this these joint practices with the Giants. So it's still Cam favored to be the week one starter again, dipped a little bit now minus three 30. Uh, but this may be um, an opening here for Mac Jones. If this COVID thing lingers uh, and if, and if Cam misses time, I still don't think, uh, you know, all things being equal that Mac can beat him out. I just think belt, you know, Belichick will lean on the veteran spot here, but this COVID thing throws a little bit of a, a wrench into this. And I am looking already, uh, you know, looking at the Patriots week one, I mean, mm -hmm. they're at home, uh, against the Dolphins here, they open two, two and a half. They're up to three. I'm wondering if the Dolphins plus three divisional dog on the road, low, uh, low total. Those are some system matches week one. Uh, we talked to Will Hill earlier on, on Lombardi line. He liked the plus three with Miami and this thing may fall back down a little bit. Okay. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I think cam, you know, these are the mistakes you really don't want to see. And I still, there may be more to this story. Like he left for a medical issue, but Pritch, like the, the hospitals and all the and everything in Boston, like some of the best um, best hospitals and doctors around. So there could be more to this story. I don't really know, but I definitely think this throws a little fire on that that Cam versus Mac QB competition battle. It really does, because if Mac goes out against the Giants and he plays well, I mean, they've already uh, stoked the flames a little bit in terms of why doesn't Bill Belichick go to Cam Newton? That's why the media is asking these questions. Uh, Bill Belichick hasn't came out and said that Cam Newton's going to be the starter. We know that from Cam Newton. Uh, so this does add intrigue, Josh. I mean, Mac Jones hasn't, he hasn't looked horrible 
uh, in preseason. But then you look at what Tua's doing uh, in Miami, and maybe there's optimism down there about Tua and the two offensive coordinators right now. Yeah, I think so. And to a guy, uh, you know, we've been doing shows and I always, whenever I talk about Herbert, I'm like, oh, what a mistake Miami made. Not, not, <laughs> you know, drafting Herbert there, but yeah, we got to give two some credit. Maybe he's finally healthy. That's part of it. You know, uh, a full year or what, two years removed from that really bad injury uh, to his hip or I forget what it was. But um, again, that's something to monitor as well. If two is healthy, if this is going to be Mac making his debut, I, again, I still think Cam's going to start week one, but now we're kind of in this weird situation where how long will this go? I think, if, if you're still looking at Cam to start, I think the fact that you get two weeks between the last right. preseason game and week and the week one, that's a lot of time to get reacclimated and get these reps here. But uh, you're totally right, Pritch. You know, uh, looking at this Miami spot, if you can find a three, it, it is coming back down a little bit. That's a key number on a road division dog, something that I like. And I would just mention the Patriots at the Giants uh, this week's preseason game. You did have some numbers open like New England minus four. Now they're down to minus three. So there right. is a little movement there toward the G-men with maybe the Patriots being shorthanded at quarterback for that game. Yeah, I mean, Patriots have Hoyer as well. But uh, we got cuts tomorrow. Uh, so we'll find out who else is going to be on the roster and then who else is fighting for a job. Uh, the second round cuts are tomorrow in the National Football League. So uh, maybe we'll hit the – we have to take a look at the waiver wire there, Josh, and find out who's exactly going to be involved in these games too uh, if we're still betting the preseason that way or looking at it that way. I find it interesting too that – they open up the playbook for Cam against the Eagles, uh, and Cam proved his value there as a starter. So that was interesting, too. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, again, a lot of conversation here in New England. I'll just be honest with you, Pritch. Everybody wants Mac Jones. Right, of we course. know what Cam is. <laughs> right. And Cam's been a great teammate. Like, I never – I want to kind of differentiate, like, him being a teammate versus what you see on the field yeah. because he's saying all the right things, doing all the right things. He's a very positive guy. I think he's – and his teammates love him. They he's still consider him that – you know, that MVP from, from five years ago or whenever that was. Uh, but then you look on the field, I'm waiting to see. And again, we may, this may not happen because uh, with this five day cadence, you know, protocol mm -hmm. here with COVID can may miss this upcoming preseason game. But the whole point is everyone's loving Mac Jones. We all want Mac Jones, but what has Belichick been doing in these preseason games? He's starting cam cams with the first team until you see Mac Jones start. Maybe it'll happen this week, just out of, uh, you know, there's no other option here. Um, I think Belichick is still telling you that, Hey, Cam's our starter. Until you see Mac Jones start and get all the first team reps, Belichick is kind of telling you that, hey, Cam's still our guy here. So, uh, again, that might be thrown out the window just because Cam's not, may not be eligible. Right. But I still think he, he really wants – it's so much easier, Pritch, to start with Cam and switch to Mac. If you start Mac, you could lose Cam. He could be mad. He could be upset. He may just, you know, request a trade or who knows. Uh, and, and also, what if you kind of, quote, unquote, ruin Mac? I don't really buy that. I don't buy that. I played at Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's going to be okay. He may, yeah. may benefit him down the road. But, uh, again, I think it's way – it makes more sense to start with Cam, go to Mac than the other way around. We'll get into a pretty good quarterback dis discussion from a player standpoint, my standpoint here, probably during the show or, or at some point during the show. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, so stay tuned for that for sure. Uh, because, yeah, like what you said, that take uh, – that thing needs to be thrown in the trash and from, from anybody that wants to use it, right? Uh, but as a veteran receiver, Josh, if I was on this team, you look at the veteran players, I would be undecided. I wouldn't know which direction to go in, Cam or Mac. Uh, I, I just want to win. But here's what quarterback competitions do to uh, a football team. Which one would you favor here? As a player, I don't know which direction I would want to go in because they both have played well. I think it's tough because I think they love Cam because he's a great personality. He's a very positive guy. It's, you're kind of like hanging out with, uh, you know, you still think of Cam like on the cover of Madden or just this great <laughs> player. Like he's a big presence out right. there. But I think if you ask these wide receivers, if you ask 
Jacoby Myers or, you know, Kendrick Bourne or Nelson Aguilar, I think they'd probably prefer Mac Jones because mm. Rich, I'm, I went to the, the practices at Foxborough. I've been watching all these preseason games. Uh, even though Cam had a great play to Jacoby Myers down the left side and he scored a touchdown, which again, I think is the best pa- pass as a Patriot so far, Pritch. Um, Mac Jones puts it where it needs to go and lets you get yards after catch. So if you're a wide receiver, yeah, you love uh, this really cool, you know, uh, popular guy like Cam. But if Mac's putting it where it needs to be and lets you, uh, you know, get up the field and get get a lot of yards after the catch, I feel like if you're a receiver, he's making your job a lot easier and letting you put up better numbers. Whereas Cam is, you know, you got to you got to stretch. It's down at your feet. You don't have much yards after catch. Right. I think that might be a part of it here if you're a receiver for the Pats. Yeah, Belichick better not take the temperature from those receivers in because that's a great point by you. Like, who's not going to get me killed out there? Although you don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> so, Pritch, let me ask you. I know we're up against it. The best quarterback you ever played with, maybe not the biggest name, but who put it where it needed to be get and set you up in a perfect spot? Anyone that comes to mind at any point in your life, pros, college, who was your best QB? Oh, John Elway. I mean, John Elway, John Elway was the first time I played with a quarterback, Josh. And it's not, it's not a name thing. It's just an elevation thing uh, in which he put it on a, a particular shoulder and I turned the wrong way after I, caught, after I caught it. I actually turned the opposite way of where he threw it to try to make a play. And so I made somebody miss. I made a play, Josh. And, uh, but then I got tackled later on down the field, right? But he told me and explained to me that I, he specifically put it on a, a shoulder because he wanted me to turn that way, away from the defender, and I could have scored a touchdown. So that's the next level. Right that's there, just Fresh. elevates the game right there, right? I mean, okay, wait a minute. One, he purposely did that, and then two, that impressed the hell out of me. That somebody could think about that as I don't know, Bruce Smith and others are trying to take his head off. Just awesome, Prince. Later <laughs> in the show, you tell me number two. I was like, obviously, John Elway. A dumb question to ask, but maybe you're their second best QB in your life. Well, we'll get that get that later. Oh, it's easy. It's Warren Moon, but we'll get to that discussion too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Another Hall of Famer <laughs> uh, coming up on the program. It's never too early to get market insight on college football. That's coming up next. season is right around the corner, so it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the strip, have your state-issued ID, open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sports, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions must be at least 21. Physically located in Nevada, Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. So uh, I'm trying to understand the logic into week zero of the college football season. Do you understand that at all? Week zero? I mean, that's I what we have. I don't get it either. Yeah. People started calling it that. Like, can we call it opening week? I right. guess it's zero. Yeah, I, that was a surprise to me too, Brett. Sure. So we can, we can bet on week zero. So it's never too early <laughs> to get some market insight for sure, Josh. So we have Nebraska and Illinois. Uh, now, this line has been all over the place. Right now, currently, is Illinois catching seven points at home. 55 is the total in this Big Ten matchup. 
Yeah, so Pritch, this is one that's really been all over the place. So with Nebraska, obviously, uh, with the news of Scott Frost and not knowing like what's going to happen there, you know, some of these books were a little bit higher. I think they were like, uh, I want to say like a nine or an eight opener, and they're down to seven. So you're kind of on that key number at this point. A little bit of movement here toward Illinois. What I'm looking at this one, though, Pritch, is actually the under, under 55 and a half. Um, I think the, a lot of the attention is being paid to the spread, which is typically, you know, you're going to get a lot of over bets. You're going to mm -hmm. get a lot of, uh, you know, favorite bets here from the public, obviously. Uh, it's going to be a one o'clock game, your early opener on the 28th. So again, only five days away. But uh, what I like about the under is heavy betting on the over, yet it actually fell. Some shops were 56, down to 55 and a half, down to 55. I'm seeing at some shops here. So you can find a hook with a 55 and a half. That could be appealing. Number one, the line is falling. So some market movement there to the under. But also, um, you look at the at the weather here, Pritch. Going to be about 10 miles an hour of wind at Illinois. So kind of that windy city when you're looking at a Cubs game or a White mm -hmm. Sox game. Always pay attention to the wind. So a little bit of wind there. That's always good for an under. You can have some missed kicks. You may run the ball a little bit more. Uh, and also, early in the season, you tend to see, just like in the NFL, college as well, uh, a lot of the, the defenses are ahead of the offenses here because offense is all about timing and being you know at, at the right tempo and and getting familiar with your quarterback your receivers and your in your position players so i would lean a little bit to the under in that one pritch um but any any thoughts from you you know what you're thinking about this program and and scout frost and i know the win total is much higher for nebraska than it is illinois but it definitely uh that coaching situation could have an impact here on this line yeah i mean NCAA uh, investigation aside, uh, I thought Nebraska would have a legitimate chance in this one because of their defense. The defense is supposed to be improved this year. Uh, previously known as the Black Shirts, uh, no longer that because that defense is not that good anymore. But uh, in terms of, you know, whether it was minus nine for them or now minus seven, that total at 55, I was surprised at that uh, when I saw that just recently. So uh, if that defense is not improved, does that open the door for Illinois to fighting Illini at home? I think it might, and that's what we're looking at here, Pritch. And again, we're on the key number of seven, and this is always so important to me. We know it did move a little bit here to Illinois mm -hmm. on the on the uh, the news here of Frost and the, and the issues that are going on here with that program. But now the next number is key. I mean, number one, what I'm starting to see is actually Illinois may start to become a trendy type okay. dog. Like if we're hearing for the next five days that <laughs> you know Nebraska's got these issues and they're terrible and their coach is in a hot seat and all these problems, uh, if everyone jumps on this dog. That's going to have me a little bit worried in a primetime game or, you know, kind of a uh, the first game that everyone's so excited to bet on. But I'll, I'll lead, I'll kind of be have the great equalizer be the line move. Like if we start to see this thing seven, the next move is most important to me. Mm -hmm. If it goes seven down to six and a half, then it's like, okay, maybe they're trendy, but also maybe pros are just saying, hey, don't overthink it. Illinois and the points could have value. But my question is, if everyone's continuing to bet Illinois, I'm seeing them getting, you know, two thirds of bets across the market, Pritch. Can, it, does it create a buy low spot with Nebraska where we see this thing tick back up to seven and a half? I think the next move is key. It's going to tell you a lot of where this respective money is coming. Uh, but luckily, we have a few days to let this thing build up, see how this moves. The next move, super, super important to me. It's very important. Like like I said, it's never too early for these kind of uh, movements here to talk about because, I mean, some people would jump on numbers, and we certainly want to jump on numbers. But you have a key one now uh, with this minus uh, seven situation with Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, another one here I'm looking at the next game here, Connecticut mm -hmm. and Fresno State, Pritch. That's the next one uh, on the list that day. Starts uh, an hour later at 2 o'clock. 
Uh, but looking at this Connecticut Fresno one, you know, it's intriguing to me. Huge line move here, but actually 27 and a half kind of stayed where it's at. Saw some over money. What if we get some scoring in that one, Pritch? 62 up to around 63. Maybe that could be a targeted uh, high total that may fly over in that one. Absolutely. Looking at these games for sure. We'll get to Hawaii UCLA in a bit as well. So, so many games uh, to get to week zero. Still can't uh, <laughs> capture that thought process right there, Josh Applebaum. Uh, let's try to preview tonight's uh, Monday Night Football game. Uh, Jacksonville and the Saints is coming up next. Now that the NFL preseason has kicked off, it's the perfect time to consider the VSIN Pro Football Betting Guide. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, divisional finishes, and player awards. The guide is only 20 bucks, and discounts are available when you buy both the NFL and College Guide. Reserve your copy or sign up for VSIN All Access to get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. So, Josh, uh, finishing up our college football week zero conversation here for the minute, <laughs> for the moment. Uh, UConn and Fresno State, uh, something that you had noted or are considering uh, for this football game when it comes to UConn and Fresno State. Yeah, so Pritch, one thing to mention here. So I'm looking at this game, and it, right after the break, it dawned on me. I wanted to just add this here. Mm -hmm. But um, we saw that thing rise like 62 up to 63. So right. Uh, right off the bat, you're like, okay, this thing is a high total. And we got to train our brains to say, hey, we're back in college now. We get totals in the 60s. I mean, 70s. You're going to see these high numbers. It's not like NFL preseason. But whole point there is, okay, it's on the rise. Let me just look at what systems I have. Pritch, one thing that I like to lean on quite a bit, and I want to get your take as a former uh, college athlete here, uh, is when it's really, really hot out. So one system I look at, I look at weather across all sports. You know, if you're betting baseball and you're on an over, you want the wind blowing out. You want it to be hot. If you're on an under, you want the wind blowing in. These little edges, they're not a lock. They're not a guarantee. Nothing is in betting. But if you can layer on as many of these as you can, it makes you more confident as a better. So one system that I love, uh, really it applies for September, but uh, when, when it's really, really hot out, the over does well in college football. So when the total, when the uh, temperature is 85 degrees or hotter, the last decade, the over is 54.5%. It's, you're not going to set the world on fire, but uh, I think the thought process is, and with these betting systems, you got to have a good theory behind it. So my theory is, you know, when it's really hot out, Pritch, mm -hmm. it's fun to play offense. When you're on defense, you get gas. You start putting your hands on your hips. It's much uh, harder to play defense when you're out there baking under the sun versus an offense that's really excited to score and uh, is just kind of uh, going up and down the field. So, uh, again, with that thing on the rise at Fresno, uh, looking at some some forecasts here, it could be, it's uh, going to be like 90 degrees there. It's going to be yeah. pretty warm. So it's it's rising. You know, Typically, that benefits the offense over the defense. But I want to ask you, when you were playing wide receiver and it was really, really hot out, is that something you noticed? The defense gets gassed there, uh, and as an offensive player, you're probably – tired and hot too, but it's like, I get to score. I'm excited. I'm fun. Defense, it's no fun when it's super hot right. and you're getting gashed you know, up, up the field. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same concept Concept when you think about uh, playing in altitude. So in Boulder right there, we would want to put our foot on the gas in that first quarter uh, thinking that the opponent was going to be gassed during the first quarter. 
Uh, and if we could take advantage of that, jump on top of them and, and uh, build a lead, that makes it more difficult for them to come back for sure. So uh, I think it's the same thought process when it comes to weather. Uh, like which team is going to have tempo? Is Fresno State going to have tempo? Is UConn's offense uh, potent enough to stay with Fresno State on the scoreboard? Uh, that will determine to me, Josh, in terms of that defense, the fatigue factor, uh, along with that heat. Yeah, exactly right here, Pritch. So to me, when I'm trying to make a bet on a total, you know, again, we have the number, we have the number rising. So mm -hmm. right off the bat, we have some action on the over. Now we got a, a, you know, a hot system, hot weather over early in the college football season. That's another box that gets checked off. The other one is non-conference. So if you're in the, a different conference and you're kind of unfamiliar with your opponent, benefits the offense, kind of hurts the defense there. So as many of these boxes as you can check off. Right. Now the flip side would be if you're a professional better, you set your own number. So I, I don't do that. I'm more of a market-driven mm -hmm. better, but. Maybe wise guys said, hey, we have a total here, like 64. It's 62 to start. We're going to hit the over uh, early on. But again, regardless of your style of betting, these are the little things we talk about. Referees, umpires, weather. You know, obviously this is baked in the cake. The line's moving based on action coming in. But if you can just be aware of these things and check off as many boxes as you can, just makes you more confident to fire on a bet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get to Jacksonville and New Orleans, uh, Josh. I mean, quarterback situation uh, with the Saints. Jacksonville, not so much. We'll see what happens with Trevor, though. Uh, but in this game, New Orleans minus four at home, 40 is a total in preseason football. Yeah, so you mentioned kind of a QB competition. We do have one here with the New Orleans Saints, Pritch. We do have Jameis Winston minus 190 to take the first snap week one. Uh, it's a 66% implied probability. Taysom Hill plus 140. So I think it's kind of a big spot here where, uh, you know, coming off that game where they had a ton of turnovers against the Ravens, I think Sean Payton probably probably wants to play well. I mean, mm -hmm. put some good film on tape, make these guys feel good about themselves going into the, the opener here. No more Drew Brees. It's on these two guys to really take the reins here. So we did see some movement toward New Orleans. Uh, remember, both these teams are, are coming off a loss and failing to cover in their first game. We remember New Orleans losing to Baltimore 17-14 as a plus-one road dog. Jags got humiliated, really didn't play well against Cleveland, 23-13. to They actually took in some sharp money. They're plus-four to minus-three. Didn't even come close here. But movement toward New Orleans at home, minus-three, minus-three-and-a-half, up to minus-four. Some shops got to four-and-a-half and had a little bit of buyback there on, on the Jags getting four-and-a-half. Uh, my play here, Pritch, is the under. I'm at a situation here with these totals in the preseason where I'm going under or no play here. And again, if you want to maximize your edge, you could say, hey, I'm going to back New Orleans, QB uh, quarterback competition battle, trying to play well. But you look at Sean Payton, he's pr pretty much break even 27 and 26 ATS in the preseason. He's only 10 and 14 ATS as a home favorite. Also, we look at these games last night, Pritch, where this is the importance of getting the right number. I mean, uh, you looked at the uh, the San Francisco 49ers. They were minus three up to minus six and a half. Mm -hmm. They win by five. Why is that important? Because if you bet them early, you cover it. If you bet late, it's actually covered there for the Chargers. So um, not much to me in terms of the spread. We do see some of these dogs coming back and covering these numbers. To me, it's the total to the under. It did rise a bit, 37 and a half up to 40. But to me, you're getting an inflated number. We're playing, we're operating in a situation here in the preseason. Unders 24 and 8, 75%. And that magic number of 37, which is what I would consider a high total in the preseason. Mm -hmm. It's not a high total in the regular season, but it is preseason. 37 or higher this preseason, the under is 10 and 2. And it's 62% since 2014. So almost on principle alone, Pritch, I'm going <laughs> under. Really hasn't hurt me yet. Maybe we'll have this regression on Saturday. They were 5 and 5. 
but back again 2-0 last night. Yeah. I'm going to keep riding this under trend uh, until the wheels fall off, but only got a week left, so uh, make the most of it. Man. That's Still right. Changes. No, I, I like the thinking for sure, though, Josh. I mean, uh, you have comments from Urban Meyer that he might have listened to his coaches too much uh, last week in preseason. Maybe he'll take the reins a little bit more. Uh, and then you have Sean Payton on the other side with the Saints that has to figure out an offense that works with his quarterbacks right now. Uh, and so Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, whichever direction you can go in, uh, you certainly have to deviate away from what you did with Breeze. You do. And again, that's what worries me a little bit with yeah. this total. It is on the rise. I'm on the under, uh, again, from a system match play and an inflated line play. But you're going to get probably some more Gard- Gardner Minshew here. You're going to get, you know, quasi, like Urban Meyer said, it's still a competition. And no, it's not. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> but kind of both these guys do want to play, do want to impress. Maybe that's why the total rose. But again, if you're betting over 40 now, you're late to the party after the line has moved. To me, it's an inflated underplay or nothing at this point. Yeah, I might become a big Marquez Callaway fan, depending on what I see tonight. Ooh, I like it. I heard good things about him, Fritz. Yeah. We, have to, we have to do some scouting tonight. Yep, absolutely. Looking forward to that matchup for sure. Looking forward to Major League Baseball. Some key games on the schedule. We'll get a market uh, report insight as well from Josh Applebaum. That's next. I'm going to give you a great reason to love Mondays at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM's Money Monday Club will add a $10 free bet automatically to your account when you place a total of $50 in wagers between Monday and Sunday. Take advantage of BetMGM's boosted odds specials, unique parlay offers, daily promotions, and live betting action. Download the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com to be part of the Money Monday Club. Wake up to a $10 free bet every Monday just for betting $50 during the previous seven days. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. So, Josh, I don't know if you're sweating this one or not. Uh, Red Sox on top of the Rangers, currently 3-1 to one in the top of the eighth inning. Yeah, so I am on this one. I don't okay. want to jinx it last time because last time was my Detroit Tigers PTSD up 10 to 2, and uh, I'll, I'll never get over that. But uh, I am on the under 9.5 in this game. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed, trying to get this thing home. You had a lot of public betting on the over, yet it fell 10 down to 9.5. There was actually some movement there toward Texas. Red Sox were a huge favorite uh, at one point. I think they opened like minus 300, minus 320, got down to around minus 290. Um, But again, Pritch, to me, you know, we're in a crazy run here with favorites in baseball, chalk favorites. Uh, Our colleague Dave Tooley does a great job of reporting it every day in the newsletter and tweeting it as well. I want to say favorites in the month of August are like 67%. Typically, they're around 60%. So again, chalk is doing well, but also there's a move to Texas. That was kind of a classic layoff for me, both sides, but sweating the under here, Pritch. So hopefully, hopefully we can get this thing home. Okay, because I'm double checking something here on this next game. It's August 23rd, correct? 2021, right? <laughs> we got the White Sox and the Blue Jays. Lance Lynn is on the bump, but I'm seeing a line right now. Uh, the White Sox, a road dog, plus 101 against Toronto, who's at home, minus 111, eight and a half is total, with Lance Lynn on the bump. 
Yeah, Pritch, so right off the bat, this is fishy, right? This makes yes. no sense. I wanted to double-check the date. I, <laughs> I know. You, you check the date, check the lines, make sure everything's okay. But I, I think this, and again, some, another thing some, someone told me uh, back in the day when I first got into betting is something looks fishy if it doesn't make sense. The oddsmakers didn't fall asleep. It's not like Homer Simpson where, you know, he's working, he hits the wrong button and screws everything up. Like, uh, there's a reason for it. So I really like Toronto in this one, to, to be honest with you, Pritch. Uh, White Sox are the better team. 72 and 52, Toronto 64 and 58. They have the better pitcher on the mound, Lance Lynn, 10 and 3, 2.31 ERA. Uh, Manoa, not bad either, 5 and 2, 3.34. But the whole point here, Pritch, is everybody's taking the White Sox today. I'm looking at across the market, a lot of different sources. They're getting about three out of four bets. Yet, you actually saw this thing open at around a pick 'em or even like a minus 110 Chicago. So, right off the bat, it's like, if, if the White Sox are the better team, better mm -hmm. record, better pitcher, why didn't they open minus 130, minus 140? I think that's what we're used to seeing. The fact that it opened as pretty much a pick -em, and now it's actually moved toward Toronto, even though a majority of bets are on the White Sox, this is a, this is just a, a system-based play for me, Pritch, kind of a fade the trendy dog situation where I like Toronto. On paper, do I think they're the better team? No, it looks like Chicago is, but I'm putting my faith in this line move that's fishy. Again, if everyone's been in Chicago, why is line going to Toronto? Right. Maybe it's one of those. And here's the other thing. On Mondays, weird things happen. Monday, you can have uh, upsets in, in game one of a new series. There's a lot of funky things that happen on a Monday. Uh, and to me, this is just one of the top of the list today. I'm going to sweat Toronto out of this weird, weird fishy opener and movement toward Toronto. If everyone's been in the White Sox, why didn't they move up? Why didn't the line go to Chicago? I'll be betting Toronto on this one, Pritch, seeing if they can sneak one out for me. I wonder if betters are considering the White Sox in their road record, uh, certainly their record against uh, bad teams, although Toronto's not that bad, right? I mean, they're still a decent team. I, I think Lance Lynn could erase uh, all that. Uh, you would hope, at least for the White Sox' sake, uh, that that would be the case for them as they have their ace on the bump. Yeah, you're exactly right, Pritch. So, again, if you like the White Sox, if mm -hmm. you, again, you as a better, you are the final arbiter of your bankroll. You right. place your bet on what you think is the smartest play. So if you're saying, hey, I'm getting a really good team at minus 105, that's ridiculous, grab it, okay. But all I'm saying is uh, look at what the line's telling you. And again, not every line move's gonna win, but it's letting you you know, kind of pull back the curtain to the odds makers and, and why isn't this going to the Chicago White Sox? Why is it going toward Toronto? That just thinks to me, Pritch, that's a fade the trendy dog play to me. I'd be looking at Toronto here tonight. Okay, because I have plus 101 for the White Sox here at the South Point, which is crazy. But, okay, I yeah, know, right? Um, <laughs> how about the Yankees and Atlanta? Looking forward to this game, too. Uh, here at the South Point, Atlanta, minus 110. Uh, nine's the total in this game. So this is very similar. I think if you're, if you're brave enough to bet Toronto, you probably really like Atlanta as well. I like Atlanta in this spot. Both teams have won a bunch of games just in general. I was joking with Will Hill earlier today, Pritch. I feel like the Yankees were a 500 team, like, five minutes ago and now they're 20 games above 500 it's <laughs> right. unbelievable what we've been seeing here through with the yankees just getting back in the race um note to my red sox trade deadline acquisitions can make a difference uh but <laughs> rich what i'm looking at here i like atlanta because this is another kind of fade the trendy dog you have a lot of public betting on the yankees the yankees are a team that gets a ton of of love in the market when they're doing well which leads them to be overvalued when they're struggling not playing great that's when i think you want to buy low on them to me, you're betting them at their kind of highest mark here. And I think you can really take a shot on Atlanta tonight if you want to sweat this game because just from the tenants of what we talked about the previous game, very similar with Atlanta. This is a really lopsided play to the Yankees. They're getting about around three out of four bets. I think a lot of uh, recreational betters just say, hey, give me the Yanks. They're rolling, and I don't blame you. But they open like a pick em, another minus 105 or even Yankees minus 110. Now it's split to Atlanta minus 110. So anytime it doesn't make sense or a popular play, 
typically a line will move toward the popular play because uh, that's going to limit the risk or liability the books take in. They also want to move the number to give a better number on the opposite side to kind of uh, kind of limit their their money a bit. Now it's a misconception that they always want 50-50 action. You know, odds makers and our buddy TG at the Borgata he'll tell you like they'll they'll take a position mm -hmm. if they think it's a sharp side. But I like this movement toward Atlanta or the lack of movement to the Yankees. A little bit of interleague line move system match there with Atlanta. And then also Pritch, if you look at the Braves, they are 22 and 12 against lefties this year. They're going up against Montgomery, who's kind of a, a soft toss type guy, plays throws a lot of off speed pitches. I'm looking at Atlanta here. I'm going to sweat the Braves. Well, how do you cap a game when both teams have nine-game winning streaks going on right now? I mean, Atlanta and the Yankees, right? I mean, uh, what separates that uh, outside of data, Josh? I mean, this one, uh, one, I'm going to watch it and be uh, heavily involved in this one in terms of watching it. It may be an in-game situation. It could be. And, you know, it's funny. Will Hill, same thing. I was like, who do you like here? Which side mm -hmm. do you like? I, You know, Pritch, I don't know if anyone's listening, but when I when I ask questions to, like, our guests, I'm right. actually, like, I have my own play, and right. I'm just like, are you going to back me up? Am I, <laughs> am I wrong? I want to get some insight here. And Will was like, exactly what he said. He's like, both teams have won nine in a row or whatever their win streaks are. It's a, it's an automatic layoff for me. So okay. that's there, there's something to that as well. Some people would say, hey, just take the plus money. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like getting down on these games, and I like these sharp, uh, you know, kind of positions here that we're kind of seeing the odds makers take, but it is a good question. Two really good teams. Uh, Pritch, if, if you want to get into it, I got two terrible teams with a sharp line move. You want, you want to do that one I next? Think, I think we're about to, uh, Absolutely. Let's do that one. I thought it was going to be the Cubs and the Rockies, <laughs> but you surprised me there with Pittsburgh. Yeah, we got a lot of options, and there's actually only, only seven games today, but yeah. um, this one caught my eye. is kind of the opposite of the Yankee game. The two terrible teams who are bad. Uh, I actually like Arizona in this okay. game, Pritch. This opened with uh, Pittsburgh around a minus 125 favorite at home. Now, automatically, like, I, should Pittsburgh be favored against anybody? I, I question that just <laughs> in general. Uh, but line has dipped. Minus 125 Pittsburgh down to minus 120. I see some shops like minus 115. The line's going to Arizona. And I like this move toward Arizona. It's kind of one of those those weird spots. Arizona's 3-0 and head-to-head -head against Pittsburgh. And even though these teams both have terrible records, Arizona's been a little spunky here recently, Pritch. Like, uh, they swept the Phillies, whatever it is. Like, we're looking for these teams to bet against and fade down the stretch. I thought it was going to be Arizona. I'm not so sure now. They're, they're really competitive in these games. They're not giving up uh, against a Pirates team that, you know, has sold off some parts. Right. And I think they're definitely a team to bet against. So, yeah, that's Baltimore. Me plus money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Baltimore keeps losing. Right. They're an auto bet against. If you're giving me plus money with Arizona against Pittsburgh, I'm taking it. Dog high total line move. You can find a plus 110 somewhere around there. Uh, I'll be sweating the snakes here tonight. Okay, so are you involved in the Cubs and the Rockies? I mean, uh, that was one I thought for sure would be on your radar. Oh, it is. I'm nervous, <laughs> Rich, because you and I have like a, a deal here. We only take the Rockies at home, not on the road. Mm -hmm. They're terrible on the road. But I'm going Colorado on this one as well. Uh, I think this is a, a number one with a similar situation almost, almost with Pittsburgh. The Cubbies are a popular bet tonight, getting around two out of three bets at home, laying a minus number. Now, Pritch, you and I have watched a lot of Cubs games here. Right. This is a team that I think you should bet against down the stretch. You know, they're, they're putting out lineups of guys that you never even heard of at this point, selling off all their guys. Again, I don't love that Colorado stinks on the road. I think they're like 14 and 45 or 14 and 45. Here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're bad on the road, but. Uh, there's no way I'm not going to, I'm going to pass up plus money on Colorado here against Chicago. You had the Cubbies open minus 130. Uh, I think that the play is Hendricks. He's had a pretty good year versus Senzatello is two and nine, but minus 130 Cubs, they're getting the majority of the bets. They're down to minus 120 line movement here toward Colorado. I'm going to grab plus money okay. plus 120 down to plus 112 right now. 
And I think what you're banking on, Pritch, is the bats of Colorado. Mm-hmm. They're hitting 250 this year, uh, seventh best in baseball. Chicago Cubs are hitting 229. That's 28th, almost dead last in MLB. So give me a little plus money. I'm going to take a shot on the Rockies here, see if we can get it home. You do realize uh, the Rockies with plus money, uh, they're getting plus money against the team of prospects. That's <laughs> true. Do so how do we pass it up? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, okay, but, I mean, is there is that fishy, though? I mean, come on. It's like, what's the weather going to be like in Chicago? Great question. Fritz, <laughs> you're, you're a sharp guy because you're, you're asking about uh, the weather there. I yeah. love it. Uh, let's see. I got it for you. Humid, 85 degrees, winds blowing out about five miles an hour. The mm-hmm. total there is, looks like it's eight and a half, but juiced up over. Yeah. Like it may go back to nine. So maybe, maybe get some runs in that one. Okay. Are you a reverse a run line guy at all, though? Or... Stay away from that. Uh, sometimes, depending. Yeah. I actually worked with a friend of mine who did the alternate run line. Like, mm. he'd take the dog minus one and a half with, like, like plus 500. Uh, but I stick to usually money lines and totals here and there. So, uh, there's one total I'm, I'm looking at right now, Pritch, in Boston. See if we can get this home. Okay. Seven, one, two, three, nine. Yeah, Pritch. all right. I love it. Um, it's, it's just fascinating to me that the Colorado Rockies, it, road record and all, I get it. But, yet yeah, it's still a professional baseball team. Uh, Chicago, at this point, a roster full of prospects. Come on. And, and they're the favorite. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense, Brett. <laughs> it doesn't. Maybe that's why you bet it, at least uh, <laughs> from a contrarian standpoint. Uh, when we continue to program, we're looking forward to the deep dive into the Green Bay Packers. Also, a market uh, update insight from Josh Applebaum. That's next.